Hello and welcome to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And joining us this week for this very special edition is my pastor, Dr. Reverend Philip J. Allen Jr. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Kevin. And I would feel more welcome if it's Philip M. Allen. Okay, I, I forget the proper protocol in these situations <laughs> with such a prestigious guest. <laughs> right, right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> but I, as I mentioned, this is a very special episode. This is the episode that will air on Christmas Day. So this is our very special Christmas edition of the podcast. We really should have started with some music or something. If you want to sing, you can go for <laughs> it. They, no one wants um, me to sing. I didn't bring my banjo with me. Um, I can play Jingle Bells on it. Well, that was that was short-sighted. We should have worked that So you can days. work that into our schedule at church sometime if you right. want to. Yes. So, but I did bring something special for the occasion. Um, since it being a festive time, I brought my Santa hat. Um, and so we're going to take our normal picture now, um, our normal podcast picture. I, I wish you would have dressed up for the occasion, but... There it is. Oh, wait, you know, we got to do that again because I got to make sure everyone knows what team this is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Right. That makes great podcasting when we do like pictures like that and people can't see it. Yeah. Well, I, so, and I wish I would have known in advance because I have several hats that I could have brought to counter that. Well, you don't really need to counter that. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So uh, it, it's Christmas. We're talking about uh, the incarnation. Yes. Uh, the coming of Christ, that is what this day is all about. So, Phil, define for us, what do we mean by incar incarnation? Well, it's it, it, all we really mean by it is, is, is God himself um, taking on a human nature. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing, and we talk about, John talks about it in John 1, as, yeah. as, as the Word became flesh. Right. Um, but we really, though, we mean more than just that physical body, though, because yeah. it, it's also the the human nature that he right. that he took on. And so, yeah, what boy, what a great thing to be talking about on Christmas is is, is the the reality that this holiday is is this right. celebration, this incredible miracle of of God taking on a human yeah. nature. And that's what makes this holiday such. That's why I like having this day. To reflect on this, I'm not against having a Christmas party. Or you should, I think, be joyous and uh, thankful, and giving of gifts. I think can be all part of that. Um, yeah. But we can get to that in more of a minute. Let's let's turn to the scriptures. Uh, you kind of referenced a couple. You mentioned John one. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. But then verse fourteen, that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Tell us the importance of, of, of that verse 14. Well, it's so it's so loaded um, because on the one hand, there's a it's it's the word became flesh and dwelt, and that word dwelt yeah. is actually the the Greek word for the Hebrew word that's tabernacle. And, yeah. and it's a, it links all the way back to the to the very beginning stages of God's plan where he he had people create a, a dwelling place for himself right. among us. And, and ultimately, all of that was pointing forward 
to this this moment where God himself would would take on the dwelling place of our nature, our existence, and really the whole plan of God to to solve the problem created in the yeah. garden um, hinges on him doing this. It hinges right. on him entering our existence. Uh, and so it's it's absolutely, a, it's not a throwaway thing. It's not yeah. an interesting sidelight. It's a centerpiece of the plan of God. And, and so, yeah, I, I imagine we'll get into it later, but if I could just say, I so agree with you that joy, celebration yeah. should be part of this day. I'm glad you, you hearkened back to the garden because that's, that's, I think, the imagery that's being drawn there. We go back to Genesis 3 and man has sinned. And thus, the presence of God, the physical presence of God, is no longer here on earth. And that's a huge thing. That's a big thing. Um, you can read uh, folks like, and the name is escaping me, the guy out of Westminster. You know, that guy. Yes. Um, oh, man, I, I can't believe Well, don't that. think too long since we're yeah, in we're, Yeah. And, okay, well, uh, you know, thinking of, of, of biblical worldview, but the, the idea of a of a garden temple there um, in, in the first few chapters of Genesis, much more than just the idea of, okay, here's a big garden that you're supposed to take care of, but you are God's vice regents here on the earth, but now everything is different. God's presence has left because the presence of sin has now entered into this creation. And now nothing will ever be the same for quite some time. And so the holiness of God can't dwell with, with, with that, that sinful nature of man now. But now in John 1, that's all reversed. God is with us here in our sin, in the midst of our rebellion. God has begun uh, the drama of redemption um, among his people. And it's, it's such a, a fascinating turn that it's not just, okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not like Greek mythology where you have God's walking among people. Yeah, it's, it's it's much much grander than that. A holy the holy God is now with sinful people for the purpose of redemption. Um, yeah, and what a beautiful thing because it's it's much more it's much grander and it's also much more humble. Right. You know that it's not God displaying Himself yes. in His in his absolute holiness and absolute splendor and absolute glory. It's God adopting something so humble as, as the nature that he created for human beings in order to save us. It's, it's absolutely astonishing um, what it tells us about what God is really like and, yeah. and what he really values and, and, and what he's willing to do to express his love for us. It's it's amazing. And that's exactly what one of the verses we have on our list here, Philippians 2, mm -hmm. um, verse 5 through 11, really gets into this whole idea of the humility of God here. Um, I'll, I'll read verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. So here we have Christ, who, who was God, 
but didn't think that that godness was something that had to be held on to, that had to be uh, grasped. But he let go of that aspect, came to earth as uh, not again, not as as the king, not as the returning royal uh, presence that he deserves, but as a servant. Exactly, and I think I think that were where if you tie in something, then if you take that point where God, God in this humility joins us, yeah, you know, and that's that's where a, a Matthew one twenty three right. becomes so interesting to explore, where you know the virgins will conceive, give birth to a child, and they shall call him Emmanuel, yes. which means God with us, you know, and as as you begin to put all of this together and and all of this incarnational thought that whole idea of God with us becomes yeah. something so much more profound because it's not just God present in the same spot or walking around with yeah. us or by our side. It's, it's, it's literally among us as one of us, Yeah. Um, which just, it's, it's open so much uh, that we could talk about yeah. today. You know, and as you were, we we're talking about this, this isn't in our list here, but, I'm also being reminded, if we fast forward to, to Revelation 22, we have this this beautiful scene where um, God is descending. And well, let me turn there real fast. I just happen to have a Bible with me, ironically. <laughs> That's um, a shocking thing to yeah, have for a, a podcast on the Bible. <laughs> um, uh, Revelation 21. And... Again, great, it's great radio to have me turning verses. Uh, verse 21, uh, chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven, a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So we have in the incarnation in, in, in Matthew a preview of something greater to come. You know, it, sometimes in, in, in theological aspects, we, we refer to this as already not yet. Right. We have something that's being inaugurated um, with, with Matthew 1, with the Gospels, with the presence of Jesus, but something that's going to have a greater fulfillment later uh in history yeah exactly and it's and it's there's sort of a a transformational transaction that takes place you know jesus takes on our nature he takes on um he associates himself with our fallenness so that in that ultimate stage then we can be transformed into his nature and 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 be be with him perfectly in his existence like he entered our existence here it's a it's an incredible thing to, to th- only God could come up with something yeah. like this. And what's, what, what again fascinates me in this, this whole conversation, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, when I think about um, my own sin and mm-hmm. the many failures that mark my existence, <laughs> um, you know, in those times of depression, when you, when you really think about those things, it's like, you feel alone. Mm, you feel nice. like there's nobody else that can 
commiserate. No one would want to be with you. Who would want to be with someone like that? But in the midst of that, that's where Emmanuel, God with us, yes. God who sees us who we are. I was thinking of 2 Corinthians 1 um, in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, in all of our affliction. And that word comfort uh, is, is in the Greek is, is kind of like the word we use for Holy Spirit, a paraclete, mm-hmm. uh, and the idea of one who stands alongside. Yep. Um, in the Gospels, Jesus is referred to, or the Holy Spirit is referred to as another comforter. Right. Um, again, depending on your Bible translation. But Christ is our ultimate comfort in the fact that he is standing alongside of us. Not We, we typically think of Christ as leading us. Mm-hmm. Christ is before yep. us. But in the midst of all of our sin and sorrow and failure, he's right there with us. Exactly. And to, to add in an, another layer, this is where you can fold in Hebrews 4, too, mm, right. where, you know, we have we do not have a high priest who doesn't sympathize or to yeah. phrase it positively. Our high priest sympathizes with us. Why? Not just because he knows it intellectually and not just because he kind of as God observes it from afar, but because he immersed himself right. in it. He was tempted just as we are tempted. And and you always run into that question, I think, of, well, how could God be tempted? Yeah. Well, that's where these two natures become so right. vital to understand. He, he maintained his fully divine nature, but it was wedded with a fully yeah. human nature. We use that that weird hypostatic union. Right. Um, but but it just means that fully human nature wedded to that fully divine nature. And because he took on that fully human nature, he could be tempted yeah. like we are. He, could, he, he never gave in, but he could literally feel the struggle, which is yeah. just, it's, I don't know. I've been thinking about this, studying it, reading about it for a lot of years. And that still just floors me. Right. That God put himself in a position to, to not just understand my struggle in a, an academic, removed yeah. way, but to feel it is, right. is really something. And, and yes, yeah, suddenly, once you get that, suddenly confession becomes so different yeah. because you're, you're confessing to someone who sympathizes. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, 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 it fascinates me. I keep saying that phrase, but it really does. Because I, I think about certain people that I respect, whether it's theologians or whatever, and, you know, if, if they are in your presence, you feel kind of, like, distant. Because mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's, that's the golden child, so to speak. Yep. Um, that person doesn't I, – I can't fathom that person struggling with my struggles. Mm-hmm. Right. That person can't relate to me. That guy's you know, on a spiritual plane mm-hmm. that probably doesn't actually exist, right. uh, but except in my own mind. Um, it's, it's different than when I have somebody who has walked in my shoes and somebody who's – I remember very uh, – I think it was – oh, man, I, I want to say I was a senior in college you know, studying for ministry. Our church had just got a new youth pastor, and growing up, I just had this assumption – that those on a pastoral staff are pretty much apostolic. <laughs> um, they would never have said that, but sure. it's just like they're up here and I'm down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting down 
for lunch with this new youth pastor, and he, you know, was very open about some struggle of sin he had, and it was just, it floored me. I had never considered that somebody, and I, I remember thinking, why did we hire this guy? You know, yep. um, but of course now you're my pastor, and I understand that pastors sin all the now time. Now you get that totally, um, yeah. and that that allure is gone. But no, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it but what I, I put that to my my spiritual life with, with when, as I'm confessing sin or just in prayer in general, I'm praying to someone who knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, well, he was there with me as I committed these things, mm-hmm. or as I'm struggling and thinking about these things. Yep. But he gets it. But he gets it. He understands the struggle. And I think you, you, those illustrations are so good. And, you know, uh, there again, I think at times we underestimate the notion that God is a God of compassion. Yeah. You know, that, that there, there's just that it's almost a shared perspective right. as, as hard as that is to understand, because we talk so much about how God's perspective is different from ours. Yeah. And it is. He sees things we don't see. He understands things we don't understand. But sometimes maybe we underemphasize how his perspective is like ours in right. some way, too, though. And, and he's intentionally put himself in that spot where he can share my struggle in that. And, yeah. and so when I, when I go to him and I say, God, uh, this is just so hard, he can, he can literally say, Phil, I know. Yeah. I know. So we're going to transition here to our next section about dangers to avoid or, or controversies. And hmm. um, one of the things that jumps out at me is we talked about this hypostatic union where God is 100% man, 100% God. Completely at the same time, not not, not a split nature of fifty fifty, but I, I think sometimes the danger is to overemphasize one at the neglect of the other, one um, yeah. of those aspects. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. And and man, in some ways, aren't we prone to do that today at Christmas? Yeah, you know, because we've got all the pictures of the baby in the manger yeah. and the baby in the manger, and we read through the beginnings of the gospel where he's born and where where he does take on that, yeah. you know, that helpless phase right. of, of our lives and, and, um, and, and straying into that of, of making him just human. Right. Uh, he's just a model. He's, yeah. he's just a, a, another one of us, which in a, in a sense is true and in a sense is yeah. not at all true. Um, can can flow any of a number of directions. It can breed too much familiarity. Yeah. You know, we're 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 uh, not too much familiarity, but an unhealthy familiarity. Right. Maybe right. I've, I've always struggled with where that balance is because he invites us to come boldly. He wants yeah. us to come honestly, and at the same time, remembering he's not just human. He is God. Right. There is that divine sovereignty that? And if you don't have the sovereignty of God and the deity of God, the humanity of Jesus doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, I, I know, Kevin, that, that you and I share some of the, a few of the same struggles. Yeah. And it's on, on one level, it's great to know that you share that. I know I can talk to you about right. it, and maybe we'd even do an accountability kind of thing. But ultimately, you can't help me in that moment. Right. You can't where, where God can. Yeah. And and yeah, I think that's that's vitally important. I think one of the other dangers, and, and we've kind of alerted this, this wasn't in our notes, but the celebration of Christmas itself. Mm-hmm. I think you've got two extremes. Yep. You've got like the rigid, reformed, 
we will celebrate, you know, the, uh, what do they call it, the regulative principle of worship. It's not specifically found in the Bible. Therefore, you cannot celebrate Christmas. This is a right. Catholic holiday anyway. You know, Spurgeon was against yeah. the celebration of Christmas. Um, or you've got the other end where it's all commercialized yeah. and you've lost any sort of uh, biblical aspect of the day. Yeah, and there, there has to be a balance there because... Um, as we said, I, it's so important to grasp that the joy matters, right? And absolutely. and that and that it's okay to set aside a day of joy in right. remembrance of what God did. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, and um, and and yet at the same time, just knowing our schedule, Christmas Day, yeah. It's hard to fit that in sometimes. Right. And I, I, you know, in the, the family things we do, the things we do just amongst our family, the, it's, it's hard to sometimes balance that so that my celebration as, as Philip is a genuine celebration, genuinely motivated by right. what Jesus did yeah. for us. This should end. As a fallen human being, I need days like this to remind me of that. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I love about Christmas is the music. Mm -hmm. You look at some of these traditional carols that are even being played in malls and airports. Right. I remember a couple of years ago flying home to Massachusetts, sitting in the airport in Boston, you know, one of the most liberal cities there are. And there's Hark the Herald Angels sing, play, playing oh. over the loudspeakers. I thought... The gospel is going forth. Yes. They don't even realize this. Right. Um, but all of this, again, me being fallen, I need to be reminded of how miraculous of an event this was, how hugely important it is to my everyday spiritual life. And Christmas does that through the carols, through the messages, through it, it, it kind of shocks me back into the reality of the wonder that is Christmas. Yes, I agree. And I. And it's and it's that reminder that I think sometimes we forget too that God's enjoyable, right? You know, He's 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 holy, He's just, He's righteous, He is those things that make us different. But He's also enjoyable, and He wants us to enjoy Him, and He wants us to 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 laugh with Him and right. to celebrate Him and with Him both. And I. I, yeah, I think these things are vitally important. You've got to maintain the balance, and that's work. Right. But so important. And it does take a conscious effort to do that because you can't get wrapped up in, in yeah. all of this. So what are you getting me for Christmas? Um, I, I have already ordered it, and I'm not telling you. Okay, I was actually surprised by that answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, yours is in the mail too. <laughs> Um, right. It will be soon. No. Right, right. <laughs> Actually, Jill and I have talked about it. You but have. anyway. Wow. All right. Um, sometimes we're going to take care of the pastor. But that yeah. could be a whole different podcast. Well, and that's a, a wonderful thing for you to say. Thank All you. right. So the, our, our application, I think we've already kind of hit on some of these things. But to me, the biggest application hits me every day when I wake up and I, and I go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can do that. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why, you know, uh, Philippians, right? Uh, Hebrews 4 tells me, I can go boldly before the throne of grace. And I always love that word picture because you think about a throne. You think mm -hmm. about the royalty, the, the majesty that is there. You know, if I were to take a trip to England and go uh, 
to Buckingham Palace and have an audience before the Queen, I would not boldly enter into that situation right. or even into the White House. Uh, well, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, if I were to be into the Oval Office, I would be struck with awe. Yes. Um, no matter who the president was. Yes. And here I'm entering into the throne room of God himself, the sovereign creator of all that ever existed. But I can go boldly because of Christ. I have a high priest that can be touched. And some and that it that's what makes my everyday prayer life even possible, is, is that. That's exactly right. And it's what and again the comfort in that, the relief in that. Yep. Of, of knowing that I don't have to be something I'm not to approach him and to have him understand. The one other application, I mean, there are, there are lots of other applications that you can add in, but one other that I'd add in is just going back again to the, to the John 1 where it yeah. says the word became flesh. That verse goes on to say, um, and we beheld his glory, the glory mm -hmm. of the one and only, full of grace and truth. You know, and I think it's interesting as you realize this incarnational idea to go back and revisit Jesus' life yeah. and think about what does grace and truth look like mm. lived out? Because we're called to do that. Yeah. We're called to be people of grace. We're called to be people of truth. I think we have an incredibly difficult time balancing yeah. those. And yet Jesus was a perfect balance of those. Perfect. And and in the Gospels, you know, if we go through and we look at how did he handle people? How did he treat people? What, honestly, what bugged him and what didn't bug him yeah. is a really interesting question. And, um, and I think in him we see, in the incarnation, we see grace and truth lived out. Right. And not that I'm going to be able to go around and heal everybody, but how I treat people can certainly be modeled hmm. on the way he handled people, which is a very interesting thing. Hmm. One other application I want to throw in. Um, again, we, we reference this already, but, you know, I'm a guy that screws up a lot. I'm a guy that, you know, I, I, I can mark failure after failure after failure. Uh, whether it's even a failure or not, yeah, you know, it feels that sure. way. Um, in the midst of that, I need to remind myself, God is with me. At yeah. this moment, Emmanuel yeah. is here. In even if nobody else wants to be seen in public with me, I've got one standing alongside of me. No matter what, that's right. And I can. That's what again. That's what makes my prayer life possible. That's why I can go to him in repentance. Yeah. And he's going to listen. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so our, our recommended resources. Well, so what are some things we can dig a little deeper into? Yeah, this is this is an interesting one. And the, the, the two that came to me um, are, I, I do think The Man Christ Jesus by Bruce Ware yeah. is, a, is, is a really good book, really well done, very well balanced. Honestly, my favorite overall resource on it is, is the chapter in Knowing God by J.I. Yeah. Packer. I, I think it's chapter five. Um, I don't remember for sure, but I think it's chapter five, but I think, you know, it, it's, it's one chapter. Um, it and, is chapter five. You're right. Great. And it's one chapter. I'm holding this up. The, I don't know why I'm holding this up. It's, <laughs> it's a podcast. The balance in that chapter um, and the depth of truth in that chapter is, is really, really worth reading. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I echo that completely with both Packer and uh, Bruce Ware. Um, another book I just started reading 
uh, relatively just re- this year, uh, Knowing Christ by Mark Jones um, has a chapter on the incarnation. Uh, you know, on the incarnation, that's really good. Just a couple of pages long, um, but it's worth the read. Hmm. And um, another book I, I thought of actually just as I came to the big recording studio that is my classroom. Um, a book I remember reading early on. Um, very simple. Max Lucado, God Came Near. Oh, yes. That's a um, really good one. I hadn't thought of that. It, it's not a in-depth theological look, right. but it does um, shock you into the incarnation, the sense of yep. Christ's humanity yeah. um, is really interesting. And it, it's it, it's worth it. It's a very easy read. Um, he's he's a master at the word picture. Yeah, as so much with with Lucado, a master at taking a, a complex topic and making it accessible. Right. Um, that's a that's a good idea. And then uh, we're gonna hawk this uh, new book, The King's Mission: A Daily Advent Devotional, by Pastor Aaron White, who's been a a uh, guest on the podcast, a support a friend of the podcast. That sounds more official. Um, but his uh, little 25-day devotional is available on Amazon, and we'll have a link to that, um, so you'll want to check that out as well. Well, Phil, thank you. Our, our time is up. Thanks for coming on again, and I hope you'll be on some other time. Thank you. I'd love to anytime, and Merry Christmas. All right. Well, um, don't forget, as you're unwrapping the gifts and uh, all of that today, check out our website at www. Uh, basicbiblepodcast.org. You can check out all these different resources we've been mentioning uh, with links there. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter at BasicBibleCast. And then don't forget to rate us on iTunes and share us with every single friend that you have because that's really the best way to promote the Christmas spirit (laughs) is through the spreading of this podcast. All right, well, we'll be back next week with another guest. Until then, have a great rest of your week.